Welcome to EduServe's Public Sector Digital Podcast. In these Coffee Break Conversations, Natasha and Andy draw from their experience of working with public sector organizations to keep you up to date with the latest technology trends, discussing how these apply to meeting business objectives in the sector. Okay, so welcome to EduServe's Public Sector Digital Podcast. I'm Natasha Valendahl. I run the Executive Briefing Program and Head of Marketing, and I have with me Andy Powell, our CTO. Hi, everyone. So today we thought we'd talk about smart cities. Um, Andy and I went to a Smart London event fairly recently. Um, it seems like a good place to start. Um, I don't know about you, Andy, but I, I certainly heard a few interesting things. Yeah, it was a really good event, actually, and covered loads of ground from sort of privacy issues, democracy, technology, whole range of things coming up. And that's, that, to me, is what's really interesting about the whole smart cities arena. It brings together a whole load of issues in the digital space that really cause you to think about where we're going and how we're using this stuff and the way it's the way it's basically going to change society I think more than anything. Yeah because actually there was quite a lot of conversation about culture um, and and um, literacy um, data culture and data literacy were, were new terms I hadn't heard before um, kind of getting people to understand the importance of data and what that means because it does seem to be to me that smart cities is a lot about pulling together the right data yeah absolutely i mean there won't there won't really be any smart city applications that aren't based on data of one kind or another and and it's worth remembering some of that data will be coming directly from individuals either from sort of crowdsourced activities where people are submitting data in some way or through the kinds of devices that people are typically wearing these days or carrying so their mobile phones fitbits those kinds of things but then also you've got a whole load of data that is being uh, captured and made available either through public organisations like uh, local councils and so on or from private organisations who are working on behalf of public organisations. So if you think about, I don't know, transport data for example, some of that will be owned and managed by local government organisations, some of it will be coming from private um, companies and so on mm. and one of the really interesting things about this space is getting those people to work together I think in effective ways. Yeah it does seem to be a lot about partnership and, um, and open data like making data available. I think one of the most interesting um, conversations I had at this at Smart London event was um, with um, London Fire um, and they were talking about using data to help res- response times yeah. so they were trying to look at how they could use different sorts of um, traffic data um, because you know London is um, it's a complicated place in terms of it's not always uh, an A to B type situation. Yeah. You know, it's about yeah. distance, traffic lights. Um, and what I really liked about the conversation was it was very tangible. Yeah. You know, it was like, well, what data can we find out that's going to give us the best way to route these fire appliances yeah. in the shortest possible time? Yeah. It's interesting, actually. One of the things I see happening quite a lot, and it definitely came up at the Smart London event, was people have some data either that they ha- they own themselves and want to make available or that or they see others making it available and they then want to build applications around that data and of course in an ideal world we'd start from the opposite end of the spectrum if you like mm. we'd start with 
what are we trying to achieve? What things do we want to do to make people's lives better, to make them make help them make better decisions, help them get to where they want to go to quicker? And therefore, what data do we need in order to support those things? And one of the big conversations on the day was around becoming uh, citizen-centric and uh, sort of... Um, driven by user requirements not by what you happen to have available. Yeah I think there's also a challenge with that though because there's a real budgetary issue so London Fire don't have the the budget to go out and collect the data that they need so they have to work with the data that exists and it's about finding out what that data is like I think his main question um, Apollo who was speaking from them his main question was what data is out there tell me about that Um, and that was what he was looking for the group to really help him with and that brings in the other really interesting aspect of smart cities I think which is that you can only really drive smart cities if you have smart citizens so smart in the sense of uh, in a number of ways actually so smart in the sense of being able to articulate what it is they want to get out of smart cities so what are their requirements and how do they get those requirements across in ways that are understandable by other people but also smart in the sense that because of these budgetary constraints I think increasingly we are going to see uh, data being made available by individuals or small groups of individuals and applications being built by individuals or small or small groups of individuals so you know social enterprises uh, other more sort of ad hoc groupings of people and to allow that to happen I think uh, local government organisations need to work in very different ways. They need to be encouraging those kind of people to step up and uh, build these kind of applications. And that's a very different way of working and it brings with it a lot of challenges around sustainability and so on. So, you know, this year you might have a group of three individuals who build you your car parking monitoring service or whatever they move away the next year so where does that leave that service can people still rely on it and that kind of thing I think this is one of the big challenges for smart cities that you've got to encourage this environment where you want people to be doing stuff but you need to make sure it's sustainable at the same time and actually it's interesting talking about other local governments because you know when we talk about smart cities we usually talk about big cities you know the ones that get in the press you yeah. know we were in London yeah. um, you know Amsterdam I know it, it seems to be quite a smart city there's some a, a lot of interesting stuff that's been happening in I think Copenhagen and um, some um, some other parts of Europe um, but what about a smaller town you know yeah. it, is it all a bit pie in the sky for them and what about the whole sort of rural area I mean yeah I agreed smart city as a label has uh, obviously gained a lot of traction but it's, it is a slightly unfortunate label in the sense that it necessarily marginalises uh, rural areas who actually may have just as much need for for smart thinking you know for new ways of doing things as we have in cities but they will they will absolutely feel marginalised by the label I think the other thing about smart London is Clearly there will be a a very big focus of activity on what happens in London. We can see that already happening. And, um, and you you know, because because it's the biggest population group, it's, it's got more money and so on. But we need to make sure that whatever Smart London does gets out into the rest of the UK. We, you know, we really want a Smart UK, don't we? Not a Smart London. Um... 
but we need to make sure that happens and we need to find ways of getting you know best practice and all, all the learning that comes out of smart London activities out into the rest of the country yeah and that, you know and there are some other um, great exemplars and hubs I know like Milton Keynes um, MK Smart have been doing a lot of interesting work for a number of years yeah. um, Bristol is open closer yeah, to home of course of course uh, I think there's uh, smart Plymouth activity I think mm-hmm. I've got the name right yeah um, but yeah there's de- there will definitely be activities all over but you can imagine the amount of funding available for these activities in London will be significantly mm, bigger than yeah. anywhere else. Well, uh, a, f- a few years ago, I actually used to run um, Internet of Things and, and Smart City events. And um, I know that there are a lot of commercial organisations out there looking to partner because they want to be able to um, you know, use the data that's available. But they're always obviously looking for a commercial edge. And I remember interviewing those people and they were saying that the challenge is, is, is actually how to monetize it. Yeah. Um, and there are there are certain elements that are much more easily monetizable and there are other bits that are really nice for citizens but actually it's it's trying to find the funding because it can't be so easily monetized. Yeah. And I, and I guess for those players the obvious way of monetizing stuff is to keep data private to them as organizations so that they can then sell either sell the data directly or sell services on the back of that data and one of the challenges for smart city activity is encouraging those people to see the the bigger value in unlocking that data and making it available Mm. to other people to build stuff you know if you're like a district council if you're a smaller organization i wonder what the kind of building blocks are to kind of start yourself on this smart cities journey well i i think uh, just looking at the experience of, of Bath, where uh, I've worked uh, on and off with people in a Bath hacked group, I think start with start with looking at the data in a way, and I counter to what I said earlier, but I think it does encourage a different kind of thinking. So look for the data you hold and make it available to people in ways they can reuse, and encourage people to get involved, encourage individuals to start building stuff and see where you get to. So hold meetings, you know, that kind of thing. Share your data and see what happens. Mm. Just get going. Yeah, Yeah. collaboration, partnership. Absolutely. Often key. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Um, That was a great chat. Um, I think there's lots of key takeaways and I think that conversation is going to keep continuing. Now, just a reminder on Edge 7 who we are. We can help you to move public cloud. And if you're already there, we can help you make the most of it. So we help to build a business case, define a strategy, migrate to the cloud, optimise public cloud use once you're there, and develop digital services using the tools available. For more information on our services, please visit our website or email us on contact at eduserve.org.uk. Thanks very much. For more blogs, reports, videos and podcasts, visit eduserve.org.uk slash insight.